Praise God. Well, let's open our Bibles this morning to the book of 1 John. 1 John, not the Gospel of John, but 1 John towards the back of your Bible. Amen. 1 John chapter 5. Are you ready for the Word this morning? Oh, praise God. We never get tired of the Word. Amen. I never get tired of a good steak. Just because I've had several filet in my life doesn't mean I'm not going to eat another one at my first opportunity. Praise God. I'll go get another one. Amen. And the Bible says the Word, of course, is bread for our spirits, food for our spirits. So... 1 John chapter 5 is where we're going to begin today, continuing to talk about living by faith. Thank God for faith. You say, well, Pastor Chris, this is like the 11th sermon on faith in a row. Well, praise God. What if we get to 30 in a row? Well, Pastor, there's only so many scriptures on faith. You keep going over the same scriptures. Well, yeah, that's right. Praise God. You know, you could have a a head full of the knowledge of the Scriptures on any subject, but it doesn't mean you have a living revelation of it in your heart. I love what I heard uh, Brother Keith Moore uh, talking about. He said that, you know, the reason I'm covering the same verses over and over and over again is not just to get you the knowledge. You may have the knowledge, but the more you, the Word of God is planted in your heart, it has a displacing effect. In other words, you take it in and it keeps pushing wrong things out. When you put the right thing in and you just keep putting the right thing in, it's going to keep pushing fear out, doubt out, unbelief out. All of the things that are keeping us living beneath what God has provided for us. And, uh, you know, along that line, God told my spiritual father what he was doing in a meeting way down in Lima, Peru, I think in 1999. And uh, the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, 97% of my children are living beneath what I've provided for them in the new covenant, including you, preacher. (laughs) And uh, uh, praise God. And I I don't want to live beneath. You know, again, we sang about it today. Jesus gave all. He paid a high price for our redemption. He did, didn't he? And I believe one of the best ways we can honor the Lord's sacrifice is to walk in the fullness of what He paid for us to have. If His death, His burial, His suffering, His passion, the the scourging He took, the the crown of thorns they pressed into His skull, the, the beatings, the pulling out of His beard, that price that He paid. You know, the Bible says He could have called for a legion of angels and they would have come and just put an end to that in a moment. That's probably one of the greatest things He did was to just keep himself from all he had to do was say father and and they would have come but the price we read about the description of his passion is the price and of course that's really only half of it he spent three days in the heart of the earth uh, in Hades suffering Uh, amen the penalty for our curse and our sin amen well I want to honor that sacrifice I want to honor that. I want to honor that. And if those stripes bore my healing, then bless God, I refuse to be sick. And if he who was so rich became poor, that through his poverty I might be rich, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 8 around verse 9, then bless God, I refuse to live poor. Amen. And if Christ died, if he suffered torment in his mind during that period, so that I might have peace and that I might have the mind of Christ, well, then I refuse to have a squirrely brain. Amen. I'm going to honor the Lord. How about you? 
Glory to God. Amen. And so we're growing in our faith walk. And it's just so wonderful. Sometime soon I'm going to take some time in a service and just open it up for all of you to give your testimonies about your saying lists. And I've gotten a lot of testimonies recently about breakthroughs and debts paid off and new vehicles coming in and increases on the job. And we want to hear about all that good stuff. So keep believing. Amen. Praise God. Well, here we are in 1 John chapter 5. And we'll read verses 4 and 5. I'll read them out loud. You all follow along with me today. And it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. That's the wrong verse, isn't it? Wow, but that's such a good verse. Okay. Sorry. Fifth chapter, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Other translations, the the literal Greek renders it your faith. Your faith, my faith in God is what overcomes the world. Praise the Lord. Amen. Look at verse 5. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I like to just look at it this way. Who is he that overcomes the world? He that believes. He that believes. She that believes. So it is by your believing that you overcome the world. And listen, there's a lot in the world right now to overcome. Isn't that right? I mean, I know that generations past have all had their own challenges uh, and things to overcome in the world. And we are no different. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation. You will have difficulties. You will have troubles. You all have battles to fight. Amen. But then he said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. And our faith we got from Him. Our faith in Him. 2,000 years later, we are still to be overcomers. The Cody translation might call, uh, might instead of say overcomer, might say winner. You know, listen, you're not a loser. Amen. And and I know sometimes, you know, you get this idea, uh, you get maybe a bad string or whatever, and... uh, Things never go right for me. How come this? You better stop that. You better get a hold of that. You're not talking and thinking in line with the Word. Amen? Maybe there are things that you need to tweak or change or learn, but I tell you what, it's just encouraging to know that the Bible outlines for us a plan and God has authored a life for us to live that is nothing but victory, victory, victory. Amen. Well, pastor, you don't know how intense, how big the battle is I'm facing. Listen, great victories only come through great battles. The reason we still love to read 1 Samuel 17 about a little teenage, fair-skinned, red-headed, curly-haired teenage boy taking down a nine-foot warrior champion Philistine, right? Why do we like that? It's because of the greatness of the victory, the greatness of the battle, the, the, the impossibility that was faced. And yet David's faith in God, amen, gave him victory that day. And then all David's life, 
unless he just got out of faith, got into disobedience. Sometimes he did. Nobody's perfect, right? But when he walked with God and he believed God and he obeyed God, he went from victory to victory to victory to victory to victory. He led a nation for 40 years, I believe, into victory, 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 and prosperity. Amen? Whatever you're facing today, overcome it. Whatever you're facing today, win. Whatever you're facing today, conquer it. Not in your own strength, not in your own natural might, but by faith in God. Whatever mountain is in your way today, there is a promise from God in the Word. And if you will take the time to find it, right? If it's the mountain of sickness, there are many scriptures Amen. That promise you healing. That tell you that you're redeemed from it. That Jesus bore your sickness. He carried your pains. And He did that so that you wouldn't have to, sweetheart. Amen. And that you could rise up and throw off those symptoms. How? By faith. By faith in what He said. By believing what He said. By putting what He said in your mouth. And what you do is you overcome. You overcome. Amen. If your mountain is finances, then, oh my goodness, there's so many scriptures, so many promises about what God has said He will do, right? We just read it. If we'll get in line with His Word and trust God and obey God, He's going to make you the head and not the stinky tail. You'll be above and not beneath. You'll be blessed going in and blessed going out. And we, we, at this age, this moment we've come to in time, in our world, in our country, this is what we haven't had an opportunity like this for the church to rise and the church to shine. Amen. How don't you dare go out there and let anybody, you know, you're a member of this church and you go out there being sad and being down and being gloomy and being depressed. No, Jesus said, let your light, not your depression, let your light shine before men we have people's ear people are looking for answers amen we see the government they're trying to do everything they can to deliver us from this pandemic and they're using it for a lot of nefarious things too but i tell you what overcome be a light shine glory to god stand firm in your faith amen praise god glory to god what does this verse say Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. What is it? All right, so are you interested in faith? It is what God says is the weapon in your hand by which you overcome everything the world is going to throw at you. Hallelujah. That word overcome, it means to prevail over. Right? So, I mean, you get in an arm wrestling match, amen, and you throw that down. That means something came against you. There's pressure against you, but you prevailed over that force. You prevailed over that. You, boom, I win. Amen. amen. You take the word of God, you go boom to sickness and boom to lack and boom to fear and boom to all these things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Now, if you'll turn back to Hebrews chapter 11, you won't, I don't think, be able to keep up with me in this, but at least you'll be in the chapter where I'm, talk, where it's, where I'm referring to these things. But Hebrews chapter 11, the entire chapter is a chronicle. It is what we call, some of us call, the hall of faith. You know, I know in Oklahoma where I'm from, they have the hall of 
the Cowboy Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. The Cowboy Hall of Fame. It's a great place. You ever go to Oklahoma City, I'll check it out. And these are obviously the great cowboys that conquered, that overcame, that became famous in our nation's history. Well, this chapter is the Hall of Faith. The Heroes of Faith. Amen. And if you were to take time to read it, it is a highlight reel, if you will, uh, praise God, of what men and women have done, what they overcame, what they received by walking by faith in God. So let me just list off a few things here. By faith, we see in this chapter that a man named Enoch was translated. That means he was physically disappeared from earth and appeared in heaven (laughs) and is still there today some 5,000 years later. Noah, it says, by faith prepared an ark which resulted in the saving of his family. By faith, Abraham, he obeyed and followed God not knowing where he was going. And he and Sarah conceived and they bore a miraculous child in their old age. Moses was spared the wrath of Pharaoh. He forsook Egypt, which is a type of the world. Amen. He chose to suffer reproach with the children uh, of God than to live in the palace of the king. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. By uh, faith, Moses and the children of Israel, they passed through the Red Sea. That had never been done before on dry ground. By faith, Joshua led the children of Israel to defeat the walls of Jericho. You know, those walls were so high and they were so thick that you could have an eight chariot race on top of the walls. That's how wide it was. Eight horses and their chariots could go on race round and round on top of that wall. And when they shouted the shout of faith, come on. What archaeologists have found out, the walls didn't fall in or out flat. You know, they fall in, there's no spoil. That destroys all the spoil. And that spoil belonged to the children of Israel. If it fell out flat, it would squish all the Israelites. But archaeologists have found this, and what they found out is that the earth opened up all around that wall, and the walls just went zoop. Those walls are intact. They're just under the ground. The walls, just the archaeologists have proved the Bible again. Those, think about that. Eight chariots, that thick of a wall. That's why in Veggie Tales, those little blueberries, they, they were whatever, they were not, you know, those little peas, they were throwing their little, you know, stupid little pea, you know, whatever. Thinking that you're gonna, our wall's not gonna be falling down. Oh yes, it did. Oh yes, it did. God, amen, he just opened up the earth and down they went. And the Israelites stepped over. Woo, praise God. How did they do that? God did it, but he did it in response to their faith in him. Amen. I tell you what, if you'll do a small thing, God will do a big thing. If you'll do something that in your brain doesn't make sense, God will work miracles for you. What did he tell them to do? Walk around the city. Be quiet and walk around the city one time. Do that for seven days. On the seventh day, march around it seven times. Amen. And when you get done on the seventh time, let the trumpeters blow. And when you hear the trumpets blow, give out a great shout. Amen. Now that doesn't sound like a real good battle plan. I would have preferred to hear about bazookas and tomahawk missiles and air support. Right? Amen. God, I'm sure God just made it up. Just made it up. 
right? What's my big battle plan? I just need to give them something to believe. That's right. That's right. What would be cool? Let's watch them walk around the city. For Let's just watch them walk around. Let's see if they'll just be simple enough to just walk around the city. Let's make them do it. Let's, that way they'll get all their steps that day. They'll walk around seven times. Let's see if they can keep their mouth shut that long. Seven times. It's not like there was some formula. It's so funny to hear about, read articles about scientists thinking about, okay, was there enough uh, sound power coming out of the trumpets to actually, come on, an, a, a wall so thick you could have an eight-man chariot race on top? A trumpet blast is not going to knock it over. You know, sometimes God may just give you something. He just may make it up. Just to see if you'll believe. That's why, listen, don't get disturbed when you see the Holy Ghost moving in our church. Amen. I remember a lady one time way back over at Jackson Street. She came forward and she said, uh, I can't see. Uh, I can't see. Uh, barely, I can't see out of one of my eyes. Listen, I had been feeding on some material, growing these things. I just made it up. I didn't. It wasn't a word of knowledge. I didn't get it from God. I said, run as fast as you can to the hallway uh, water fountain and wash it out with water and come back as fast as you can. When you do, you'll be, you'll be seeing. I just made it up. I just did. I gave her something to get her faith going. I gave her something to believe. She did it and came back and her eye was perfectly open. Sometimes I've just been led to say, you know, someone with a knee that has trouble with a knee, I love to make them run around the building. You believe you're well? I sure do. Well, then run around the building. Amen. Praise God. Now, sometimes the Holy Ghost will tell me. But sometimes I just make it up. Jesus did it on the earth. He told those ten lepers. They wanted to be free of their leprosy. He said, go over there and t- show yourself to the priest that you're... Go testify to the priest you're healed. Because that's what the law required. Before you could be entered back into the camp. Because you had a contagious disease. You know, they actually had... God had sense. He said, quarantine the sick. You don't quarantine the healthy. Just saying. Just reading my Bible. Anyway, so when someone was healed, because God made a covenant of healing, when they received healing from leprosy, the way they were admitted back into the camp, you went to the priest to verify. They would look you over and verify. So he told those ten lepers, go show yourself to the priest. I bet he just made it up. I bet he did. I bet the Lord has fun with this stuff. Go show yourself to the priest, big faith men. And it says, as they went. They, see, he gave them something to get their faith going. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. And this is, this is God's pattern. This will help you. It's not in my notes, but it will help you. You remember what Naaman, uh, Naaman the Syrian, he had leprosy way back in the Old Testament? And he, one of his little slave servant girls that was a Hebrew said, Oh, I wish that Naaman knew about the prophet that's in Israel. He could be, he, he could be, he, my master could be healed of his leprosy. So she told that to the, to the military guy, and he made the trip. 
and he found Elisha. Do you know Elisha didn't even go outside the house to meet the guy? This is a multi, he let, a great distance he traveled, and he's a big wig. He's a big shot. He's like a four-star general type guy. And so he expected the high life treatment. They're going to come out and he's going to wave his hand over me, the prophet, say something, you know, magnanimous over me and I'm going to get my healing. And Elisha, he just sent his servant out there. He didn't even go out. He said, tell the general, tell the general to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. I bet he made it up. I bet he just made it up. And the Jordan River's a dirty river. Naaman was ticked off. He was like, does this is prophet not know who I am? He's not going to come out and meet me and wave his hand over me. And he started to, you know, to go back home in a huff with his leprosy. That's what a lot of people do. They don't get their ego stroked at church and they walk off in their sickness and walk off in their problem. Finally, his servant got, he said, listen, listen, wait a minute, wait a minute. Had he not asked you to do some great thing, would you have done it? Well, how much more a simple thing? So he goes, oh, that sounds like, that sounds right. You know, that sounds right. And so he went and he dipped. And he didn't dip. I mean, can you get, get there in your body? This is not a fairy tale. It really happened. Here's a general in the muddy waters of Jordan. And he goes, all right, I'm wet now. He's still got leprosy. Well, master, he didn't say do it one time. He said do it seven times. Right? <laughs> I bet the, the servant had a hard time not laughing, right? Standing on the bank watching your master dip in the dirty Jordan. But on the seventh time, he came up clean. No leprosy. See, a lot of times what you read in the Bible, what you see is God trying to get people out of their head. Get out of your head and show, show God that you believe. Show God that you believe. Believe His Word. And look what these men were reading about, what these men and women, what they did. Those walls fell down flat. Now, uh, beginning in verse number, Hebrews 11, verse number uh, 32... Uh, Paul, who I believe wrote the book of Hebrews, he says, you know, I'm running out of time in this chapter. (laughs) And he says, you know, time would fail me to tell you of, and I'll just go ahead and summarize. He said, the Bible says that all these people, look what they did by faith. They subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of of the sword. These are real things. Not little things. Big things. Den of lions. Fire. Throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. Amen. Out of, uh, then it says, out of weakness, they were made strong. They waxed, that means they grew valiant in battle. They turned aside the armies of foreigners. Women received their dead back to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Others had a a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Listen, if you get mocked today or for whatever, just, just take it by faith. Just please God by faith. Amen? Amen. 
And moreover, they endured bonds and imprisonment. Some were stoned, sawn asunder, uh, tempted and slain by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. They didn't have Armani suits like we do back you know, today. Being destitute and afflicted, tormented, people of whom the world was not worthy. All of these obtained a good report, a good testimony through faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen, we are born again. We are faith children of a faith God. And we have a force called faith available to us by which we can overcome. Amen. Oh, praise God. You ought to be having faith for peace, faith for protection, faith to be a bold witness to the lost, faith to stand unmoved and uncompromised. Amen. Hey, listen, I understand under normal circumstances, the Bible teaches that we should obey righteous ordinances. But if you're being asked and forced to do something that violates your Christian conscience, I'm telling you, as your pastor, disobey, don't do it. Amen. Stand. Well, I might suffer loss. You might. But God will make it up to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You need to exercise faith to be unmoved. Faith to be uncompromising. Faith to be healed. Faith to fulfill your call. And faith to receive the blessings of God into your life. Amen. Let's conclude today with a quick thought on faith. If you go over with me to Matthew chapter 9. This has been pretty positive so far. You, you're kind of sitting there, you know. I watched all these people on Saturday at the football game. Man, they had their shirts off. They had their face painted. They were cheering. I'm preaching real good. And you're all like, hmm. We need to pass out some pom-poms and some face paint. We need to get some faith cheerleaders. I don't understand why the world can go nuts. I enjoy football too. And you come in church and act like you got to be all dignified. This is the best news you ever heard. (laughs) Hallelujah. Make a Methodist boy want to run like a Pentecostal. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 9. Glory. Praise God. And so read this account with me. A day in the life of Jesus. Matthew nine twenty seven, And it said, When Jesus departed thence, or from there, two blind men followed Him, crying and saying... Now, this doesn't mean crying with tears. It means they were yelling. They were screaming. And saying, Thou Son of David, have mercy on us. What kind of mercy does a blind man want? Healing mercy. You know there is such a thing as healing mercy? Thank God. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, notice what Jesus said to them. Believe you that I am able to do this? That's what Jesus asked them. Do you believe that I am able to heal you of your blindness? Amen. What did they say? Now, you think that was hard? That wasn't hard. You think you could say that to Jesus? I tested positive. You know, I tested positive this week for the blessing. I checked myself. I tested positive for the blessing. 
So y'all better watch out. It's very contagious. And again, I'm not making, I'm not making minimum. I know Marilyn had a friend go home and be with the Lord with, with this terrible thing. I'm not trying to make light. I'm just saying we have to think right. We have to believe right. Amen. I don't care, you know, paralyzed. I don't care blind. I don't care uh, bankrupt. I don't care what it is. Believe. Do you believe that God is able to do this? Look at their big, their big part in this. This huge thing that they had to do. They said, yea, Lord. Yes, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. I want, I want to conclude with this, this thought here. What is it according to? There's a lot Jesus could have said right there. He could have said, according to my Father's will. But He didn't. Now thank God, it is the Father's will. He could have said, according to my power. He could have said that. But He didn't. It certainly was a flow of His power. That could heal blind eyes. Isn't that right? But what did Jesus say? He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, is Jesus, if he said this to these men, does that, is it applicable across the spectrum? Yes, it is. If he would tell these men, amen, facing, they wanted something medically impossible. They wanted something physically impossible. And Jesus said, you could have it, but it's going to be according to your faith. So I'm, I, want to, I want to drive this into you if I can. Amen? Amen? We don't receive according to God's will. We don't even receive according to God's power. We receive according to our faith. Are you with me in that? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. We receive according to our faith. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Amen. Let me ask you, what do you believe? What do you believe about COVID-19? What do you believe about um, prosperity. What do you believe about angels? What do you believe about divine protection? Or the lack thereof? What do you believe about mental health? I'll tell you what you believe. What you say is what, when you're away from me. What you say when you're away from this house, that's what you believe. And what are you having? You're having it according to what you say and according to what you believe. Go over with me to Matthew chapter 8. Trying to, thank you. Matthew chapter 8. Glory. In Matthew chapter 8, we have the account of the healing of the centurion's servant, the Roman centurion's servant. In verse number 5, it says, And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, 
there came unto him a centurion, that's a Roman soldier, beseeching him, begging him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. And then, of course, the centurion said, No, not so fast. I'm not worthy that you come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now, skip up to verse 10. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily, I, have, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Skip down to verse 13. And Jesus said unto this centurion, Go thy way, and as you have believed, be it so be it done unto you. There is a second witness. He did not, again, he did not say, according to my Father's will, according to I being in a good mood today, according to I have enough juice in my mantle today, I haven't run out of power yet. Therefore, no, (laughs) he didn't say that, did he? He said, be it unto you as you have believed. Let's go for a third witness. We're almost done. Y'all all right? Yes. Praise God. It's a miracle today. We're going to be out by around noon here. Wow. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Here we have this precious story of a dad, a desperate dad, who brought his son to Jesus' disciples. His son was tormented with demonically inspired seizures. And this spirit would throw the man down and he would fall into campfires, uh, into water. That spirit would try to drown him. And he would convulse and his uh, disciples ministered to him, but they weren't able to get the job done. And so the father brought, the desperate father brought the Uh, boy to Jesus. I'm looking for my verse. And look at verse 21. And Jesus asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? In other words, how long has this been happening to the child? And he said, well, since he was a child of a child, and oftentimes it casts him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. Now notice what the dad said. Notice what the thinking of the dads is. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us, and help us. Doesn't that sound like a lot of good Christian prayers today? If you can help my baby. If you could, Jesus, He just put it everything, He tried to put all of the responsibility onto the Lord, didn't He? Is that not right? In, In His prayer, in His desperation, in His thinking... He, he put all of it on to Jesus. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Well, did Jesus accept that? Just as a good, sweet pastoral minister, you know. No, he didn't accept that at all. He put it right back on the dad. Jesus, verse 23, note note this. Jesus said unto him, if you can believe. See how quiet it is. If you can believe, all things are possible. 
to him that believes. And the dad, so sweet, right? So desperate, so earnest. He throws, he goes, I believe. I think. I'm trying. I believe. And then he says, help my unbelief. You know how you get help from Jesus? Don't be fake. Don't be fake. Be real. Because he is very compassionate. (laughs) Can you hear him? You've got to imagine, you know, you're walking along with your son and all of a sudden this unseen force rises up inside your son and throws him in a fire. And it all through his childhood into young adulthood. You know, he's walking by a riverbank and the devil sees an opportunity and tries to... That's a spirit of suicide, right? That's a spirit of self-destruction trying to come on, right? You shouldn't be friendly with any thought or influence that tries to destroy yourself. And you can imagine maybe how desperate this father was. And he said, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And Jesus got the boy delivered. But here we have three witnesses, right? The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So let this word that I'm preaching to you today be established. Do you want to be healed? It's according to your faith. Be it unto you. You should never again pray in the area of healing, Lord, if it be thy will. That is a faith-destroying prayer, not answering, wrong way to pray. I know you may have heard it all your life. But that's why all those people died that got prayed for that way. Because God can't answer that prayer. That's like saying, Lord be with. I mean, what a useless prayer. Lord be with. He, isn't he, he's omnipresent. If they're born again, he's living on How much closer could he get? I'm not trying to ridicule people's sincerity, but there's so much religious tradition that robs us of the power of God. And then God gets the blame. Well, it must not have been God's will because Grandpa died. We said, Lord, if it be thy will, and Grandpa died. So it must have been God's will for Grandpa to die. No, it wasn't. It was your unscriptural prayer that brought no faith. You tried to put it all off on the Lord, and it's according to your faith that it's done unto you. So I want to leave you with this this morning. I was studying this uh, Friday and, and uh, preparing, and this phrase came up in my heart. If it will be, it's up to me. If it will be, it's up to me. Come on, why don't you say that with me? If it will be, it's up to me. Let's say that two or three more times till you get it. If it will be, it's up to me. One more. If it will be, it's up to me. See, Jesus has already done the heavy lifting. He already bled. He already died. He already paid the price. He already conquered hell, the devil, and demons. He's already been raised up. He's already sitting at the Father. He's already proclaimed the covenant. He already put it all in writing. It's your turn, baby. And if your healing will be, it's up to thee. If your prosperity will be, it's up to thee. Amen. If you're going to have a, 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 the mind of Christ, it's up to you. If it will be, it's up to me. Stand up on your feet today. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you busy about the faith life? 
Are you busy studying the Word of God to find out what belongs to you? Are you busy renewing your mind with those truths? Are you busy hearing sermons that will feed your faith? Are you busy confessing the Word over your life? Hiding God's Word in your heart. Amen? You should be. You should be. Because if it will be, it's up to me. According to our faith, be it unto us. Amen? Amen. Father, I pray to...